You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Good morning and welcome to Focus on the Liturgy here on WNDZ, 7.50 a.m., streaming on YouTube and on Facebook. Happy Ash Wednesday. We are here uh, every fourth Wednesday of the month, and it happens to fall on the great beginning, the beginning of the great season of Lent. Um, I'm Todd Williamson from the Office for Divine Worship with the Archdiocese of Chicago. And I'm Danielle Noe from Liturgy Training Publications, also with the Archdiocese. And I'm Timothy Johnston at St. Thomas the Apostle and Editorial Consultant at LTP. Timothy and Danielle, happy Ash Wednesday. Happy, happy Ash Wednesday. Wednesday. We, we start, and, uh, and I'm going to come back to that in just a moment. But I know you are. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, start, we start this great season of Lent. We start this, uh, this, this great uh, initial 40-day journey, but that we all know that that's part of a larger 90-day journey from death to life, from sin to freedom from sin, from... Um, the ashes in in that piece of music we heard at the opening of the show. We 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 journey from ashes uh, to the living font. Um, all of it, all of it, in the context of the community of faith that enters a, a time of retreat. Eh, for these uh, for these uh, six, the six weeks. Yeah, Lent is definitely what we would call a retreat for the church. Um, it is a time for deep and intense spiritual reflection, um, inner conversion, active conversion in the world where we commit ourselves to those three disciplines of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. But the purpose behind those discipline is to lead us to the font, to lead us to renew our baptism at Easter and all in our commitment to all of those responsibilities that flow from that baptism. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, uh, we, um, We'll talk a little bit more about that because I don't think many Catholics see Lent as <laughs> as 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 that focus. But uh, Timothy, what's your favorite part of of this season? It's it it's one of the high seasons of the whole liturgical year. Well, yeah, that's a that's a tough question. Um, 
Yeah, I think, well, what I'll say, maybe I'll say this, because it's not necessarily the favorite part, but it is, I have grown over the years to appreciate the season in a way that I certainly did not as a kid. Um, as I've come to know more about what the season is, it's easier, has become easier to enter into the scriptures uh, of the season, um, the the sense of not just the woe is me, but the sense of that being attentive to God's presence leading to the font. Um, I do feel much more called, though I'm not always great at it, to this call to conversion or reflecting on those those pieces of our lives. I mean, one of my my favorite pieces, if your parish has uh, members of the elect who will be baptized, um, well, they'll become elect on the first Sunday of Advent. So those in preparation in the catechumenate, the RCIA process, if they become elect and they're going to be initiated on the vigil, the scrutinies really are, are really part of my favorite, uh, favorite part of the season Yeah, where the parish is gathering around those. And we, we celebrate those rites with those in preparation. Um, they're intense rites. Um, and this year we're in cycle A, so we're going to, it's natural that we would hear those readings, but we'll probably get to some of that later we will. too, but those we, are my favorite parts. Yeah, we definitely will. But let, let's go back to the beginning because you just made, you said you, you, you are, you appreciate the season much more than you did when you were a child. And I think I know what you meant by that, but go back to the very beginning of the show. We greeted each other with happy Lent. Do you think most Catholics think of Lent as a happy season? Why not? Danielle, no, you're shaking your head. Why not? not? Well, you know, it's that time where we have to give up stuff and it's all about sacrifice and going to confession and what's happy about that, right? <laughs> so, but I mean, I personally, I think one of my favorite parts about Lent is connecting to God's mercy, God's love, right? Um, and that's what makes it joyful that. Um, I was, I've been writing a presentation that I'm giving on Monday about um, Catholic social teaching and kind of starting at creation and how then the fall of man and sin enters into this world and, you know, kind of touching on how in Lent, we hear about how God is always welcoming us back throughout the Old Testament, always giving us these opportunities to come back, come back to me, return to the Lord with all your heart. Um God's always there. God's always present. God's always initiating an invitation, initiating this encounter. And Our God is Lent a God is of second that, chances. <laughs> yeah, yeah m multiple chances upon chances, right? Um, and all of the, the fulfillment of that beckoning, of that invitation in Christ, and that Lent calls us into that encounter to remember why we were, we were brought into this mystery, into this church, into this world, to become more and more like Jesus as we um, live our lives. And we're, we sin. That's the reality. Yeah. You know, we're not perfect. Only Jesus was perfect. And we always need that time to, um, to have conversion, to come back to God. And this is God's invitation to do that, to realize that, yes, he's always there when I fall. He's going to pick me up and give me that strength and give me his mercy. And we just need to be open to that grace. Timothy, you, uh, what, what about you? Was, was that along the lines of when you said the, that you'd appreciate it differently than you did when, when you were younger that have, well, you guys both know how much I love Walter Burkhardt's great line. You know, most of us go into Lent kicking and screaming. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I think as, certainly as a, as a younger kid, it had primarily to do with the what now I would say is a misunderstanding of fasting and abstinence. Um, it was just, oh my gosh, I have to give up my favorite food. Um, and that's sort of what Lent was contextualized as um, both in school and at home. I think I've shared before on the show that, you know, I did not learn until I went to college that um, uh, abstinence, uh, no fasting, uh, I did not really learn the rules until I got to college, basically, because they were very strict in my home. And, um, you know, we couldn't eat between meals all of Lent. We couldn't, we only could eat one big meal a day all of Lent. And it wasn't until college, I was like, oh, it's only Ash Wednesday and Good Friday. So there was one of these things like, uh, it was a little more intense growing up than um, than I would have liked. But yeah, I don't think as a kid, that was something... Actually, Todd, as you asked that, I was thinking yesterday because we were, were doing some planning in the parish, of course, um, for the rest of the season and looking to Easter. Obviously, we're in that kind of mode. And I was pulling out some old hymn text or songs that that I grew up with. And it sort of brought me back to some of those memories of the Lenten season at my school. And as I sat with those, I did appreciate the formation that happened, even if I didn't know it then, it it certainly had an impact because it's still it's still resonating today. Um, and you know, so while I may not have liked it in the moment, that was part of the experience I needed in order to grow uh, to where I'm at now. And certainly, music and the the, the scriptures were were part of that oh experience gosh, yeah. for me, creating the environment. Yeah, I, that, most Catholics, uh, you know, when when you say Happy Lent, uh, again, I, I, it, it's what do you mean? There's no happiness during Lent. <laughs> There's no laughing during Lent. Lent is supposed to be somber and serious and and yes. and painful and uh, you know and 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 we forget that the previous translation of the Mass texts, the preface for Lent said. Father, each year you give us this joyful season of Lent. Yes. Right? Yes. And, and, uh, I miss that. I text. know, I know, I do too. I do too. But it's I, I think I think just in this first segment to introduce uh to our listeners that the the church has the church has never said that Lent is to be a painful, miserable, <laughs> you know, uh, put yourself through awful situation. Lent is all about um, Lent is all about renewal. It's all. It is mm-hmm. a joyful season because it offers us what you talked about, Danielle. God offers us what you talked about, Danielle. His great mercy and always calling us back. And before we celebrate the Paschal Eucharist, we have that opportunity throughout this yeah. season through the Triduum to the um, Holy Saturday or Easter Sunday celebration to do just that, to return, to remember who we are, to remember who we've been baptized to be, um, Mm -hmm. right? And, 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 and to respond to his call. It's a just, it's a time for deep reflection that I always feel connected to as an introverted personality. What runs through my mind during this time is always be still and know that I am God. Yes. This, you know, empty yourself out of everything that keeps you um, from receiving God fully, from living his love fully. Do what you know, Jesus that's really did. the context for fasting. That's the context of why we 
give up stuff and you know reframing timothy you talked about how it was so strict in your home and you associated it with you know giving up your favorite food and everything and and that's not a bad thing to do but how we catechize and inform people in that is really you know it's such a missed opportunity of you know well why do we do that you know what what are, what are we giving up that we're taking part in all of the time in overabundance and thinking about those who might have to do without and being in solidarity with those people who who don't have a regular meal right of of um fasting doesn't have to be food of what is distracting us from in our life from being able to deepen our relationship with God and even deepen our relationship with people in your own relationships am I on my phone all the time to the point where I'm not listening to my husband who's trying to talk to me, you know, because God is present in those relationships, yeah. right? You, so how, how are we refocusing on God? You had, a great, you had a great way of looking at it here as we get ready to go into a break. But, Danielle, you said emptying yourself. Well, that's in imitation of Christ, right? The great Philippian mm -hmm. hymn. Though he was in the yep. form of God, he emptied himself right. and took mm -hmm. the form of a slave. So that, that, that's the, that is the purpose of Lent. That's the purpose of everything that we do during Lent and how we observe Lent, to shape us more and more and more back into the image of Christ that we were baptized to be. And that re and, and as we said, it reaches its culmination at Easter. And that's where we can pick it up when we come back from this first break. Stay with us. We're breaking open the great season of Lent on this Ash Wednesday. We'll be back after these messages. Caring adults make all the difference in the lives of adolescents. Catholic Charities understands this, and our mentorship programs provide a free opportunity for young adults to spend time with volunteers who genuinely care about them. This program is ideal for youth aged 9 through 12 who may need support navigating the challenges of childhood and early adolescence. Our amazing volunteers service friends who help youth recognize their strengths and empower them to reach their full potential. Catholic Charities conducts a thorough background check on every volunteer, and our program coordinator closely monitors and supports every relationship. Mentoring is a fun after-school program that can help young adults build confidence and enjoy fun activities with their peers, too. To learn more, visit catholiccharities.net or call 312-655-7970 in Cook County and 847 782-4224 in Lake County. We're connecting youth with great role models. Join us today.
year 44 for me teaching. When I started here, there were teachers here that had taught me when I was a student. Now I'm the old person. <laughs> right now, I teach junior high math. I love when kids find what I'm teaching to be fun and they get it. I see that light bulb go off and it's a thrill. People are always amazed, what, what? You're here for 44 years? It's hard for me to believe, frankly. <laughs> I love what I do. Every summer I think, oh, I miss the classroom. Even on the weekends, I think I can't wait to get back on Monday and teach those quadratic equations. <laughs> Shape the next generation of leaders. Teach, apply today at artchicago.org slash schooljobs. For more than 20 years, Catholic Charities Adult Protective Services has been advocating for seniors who are the victims of abuse, neglect, confinement, or financial exploitation. With our partners at local, city, and state agencies, our trained case managers follow through on every concern that is brought to our attention in a cooperative way to ensure that our seniors are safe and protected. According to the Illinois Department on Aging, last year nearly 21,000 cases of elder abuse were reported in Illinois. Of these, only 5% were reported by seniors themselves. So raising awareness is an important part of this issue. If you are concerned about a senior you know, call 800-252-8966. That's 800-252-8966. With your help, we can stop elder abuse and look out for the seniors in our lives. Welcome back to Focus on Liturgy on this Ash Wednesday. Happy Lent to everyone who is listening. Um, we broke there, Danielle and Timothy, talking about the uh, just a general overview of the season. That's what we're, we're talking about here. And, and um, made note that it is a season of renewal, and that's reflected mm -hmm. in the text themselves, aren't they, Danielle? Yeah, very much so. Um, for example, the prayer after communion, which we'll hear this coming Sunday. Um, so listen to the some of the themes that we've been talking about that are present in this prayer. Renewed now with heavenly bread, by which faith is nourished, hope increased, and charity strengthened. Mm -hmm. We pray, O Lord, that we may learn to hunger for Christ, the true and living bread, and strive to live by every word which proceeds from your mouth through Christ our Lord. Oh so the goodness. Eucharist renewing us, right? Strengthening us, strengthening our faith, strengthening 
our charity. So all of these aspects of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving that, you know, we're fasting, we're hungering for God, so let God fill us. Yeah, nourish us, fill us, nourish us, mm-hmm. feed us, all of that. Um, the the season itself, uh, again, just as we're getting started here, uh, one of the, uh, unlike Christmas, it's it, it doesn't change in its length um, from year to year. Uh, it, it's determined by Easter, which of course is different each year, but um, but for example, the length of the season of Lent doesn't doesn't change, right? Um, it, it, it is it is always a determined number of Sundays, and that is Timothy what? Yeah, it is determined. So we have the uh, make sure I say this right: the uh, five Sundays and then Palm Sunday, which leads into Holy Week, um, of course. And so Holy Week is that really that final week of the Lenten season, which ends with the beginning of the Mass of the Lord's Supper, really, because that's the beginning of the season of Triduum. And so we have what? Ash what? Wednesday until... What? Holy Thursday's not part of Lent? <laughs> Good Friday's not part of Lent? No. No, it's its own thing. It's its own season. But no, you're right. Like, how many people, it, it sort of all gets clumped together, um, and we forget the solemnity of, of that season. So we... That... That three-day season, if you will, is, is is the pinnacle of our whole church year. With, of course, the Easter Vigil being the 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 crux of that. Right. But yeah, Lent is from we we look at Ash Wednesday until that that Thursday um, of Holy Week, and you roughly get more than forty days if you actually count the calendar days. Right? Um, I don't remember exactly. Maybe you said, but how many days we actually get? But the number forty really comes if you remove the days after Ash Wednesday and start with the first Sunday of Lent. Right. And if you look at the Roman Missal, you'll even notice it says Thursday after Ash Wednesday, Friday after Ash Wednesday. But then it, well, then we get to that first Sunday of Lent. And that's and what so it's called. It's, the yeah, first Sunday of Lent. Yeah. So so the, the number 40 that we get um, is not what's technically on the calendar, but it is scriptural. Um, we oh get gosh, 40 yeah. days in the desert with Christ, right? He goes into the desert um, before his ministry to prepare, to pray, to meditate, to be nurtured by God the Father, you know, and be tempted in that that sense. And we hear that scripture, the 40 uh, years uh, wandering in the desert, uh, the Israelites as they wandered, um, again, sort of this image of pilgrimage, this image of, of journey, trying to discover who we are. And that's the journey we're on. So... There are more than 40 days, but we use that image um, the way that we, we count because it helps remind us where we've come from right. and the journey, this this desert journey, if you will, that we're, we're on of discovering who we are and who we are in God's presence and who God has called us to be. You, you make a great point. I, I, I don't think I, I, Lent makes, <clears throat> in many ways, Lent makes no sense apart from Easter. Right. And, and, and so we yeah. always, always, always have to see Lent within the context of the greater cycle, if you will, of the Lent Triduum Easter cycle. Mm-hmm. Lent, Lent right. seamlessly leads into the Triduum and the Triduum just flows out into the 50 days right. of the Easter season. Right. right. And, and, and historically, if we look back at the development of Lent, it, it, just as you said, Todd, it grew out of the need ultimately for and this is a simplified way of saying this the need for a period of preparation for those that were going to be baptized at the vigil and so it started out 
not being five weeks. It was, you know, I forgot what originally started out, but it was like four weeks. And then eventually it became uh, this longer period um, over, over time, recognizing the need for a more intentional preparation, not only for those that were going to be initiated at the Easter Vigil. So we call this period for them the period of purification and enlightenment, which ties into exactly what Danielle was describing at the beginning of the show, that we're, we're uncovering those things and we're coming to celebrate the goodness in our life. Um, and that we also need that as, as the already baptized. We too need purification and we need to come to um, a, a re- commitment um, or re, I don't know what the right word is I want to use, but um, to renew that that understanding of our own enlightenment that came in baptism. Maybe that's the way to say it. It's, oh, that's a great way to say it because that, that, that I, I was, it's been in my mind since Danielle, you said it at the start of the show in that first segment. Um, <clears throat> so, so let's go. So we just said Lent makes no sense apart from Easter. And then you know, that, that just kind of makes me go, okay, well then what's the purpose of Lent? And, and Timothy, you just ended on, on a note that Danielle began at the beginning. Danielle, that whole, yeah. age, what, what is Lent leading to? What is, what, what is the whole purpose of Lent? Or, or what is, what is the one true focus of the season of Lent? You said it earlier and I, I think well, it bears baptism. repeating. Yes. Say yeah. It again. And it's, it's bapt, uh, renewing the baptism. So if you've already been baptized, whether as an infant or later in life, you know, it's the, it's the journey of the baptized to renew their baptismal promises at Easter. And the, the baptized in turn are models for those who have not been baptized, as Timothy said, are in this period of purification and enlightenment, this intense time of, of self-scrutiny, if you will, of making their final preparations to be baptized at Easter. Um, so all of Lent is, is moving us forward on this pilgrimage, the unbaptized and the baptized together, of journeying to the, the font. font. The so font. whether it be to receive it or to renew it. So that gives that gives that gives such... Um, a clear context for the season, and all three of us have done this before. All three, is a, all three of us have given talks or presentations on Lent, and all of us, you know, have all three of us have asked us, the people uh, uh, who are there, you know, what is what is the purpose of Lent? And you get so many different answers, right? It's it's um, mm-hmm. it's 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 meant to make me miserable, <laughs> or it you know it's meant to make me a better person, or it's it's meant to bring me closer to God, or it's meant to um, uh, help me. Lose lose weight uh, or, or whatever. But but all of that, all of that is only part of the answer. The full answer is the purpose of Lent and everything we do during Lent, our fasting, our prayer, our almsgiving, the giving up the chocolate. My dad every year gives up pizza. He has done that his whole <laughs> life. Or or some people observe it by doing something extra, right? I, I will go to Mass every day. Or I, I, every week I will help out at the soup kitchen in our parish. Or every week I will have, Whatever it is you're doing, I, for the listeners to keep in mind, the purpose of doing whatever it is you're doing is to prepare you to renew your baptism at Lent. That is <laughs> profound. It, it is very profound, Todd, and and I don't want to derail that that positive piece because it's it we need to hold on to that. But as you were talking, that's what I kind of was thinking about Sunday after Sunday, sitting in the pews. Is that what we're reinforcing right. in the ways that we're preaching, the way that we're the the musical choices that that we uh, are using within our parish community? Because I I wonder. 
um, kind of going back to my own childhood, that was never told to me, right? right? And so how many of us listening was that never told? And so I don't even have a good sense of my own baptismal dignity, if you will. I mean, I'm kind of speaking in the broad sense here. So that if I if I can grab onto that piece, then Lent takes on a new meaning. If yeah. I can reflect on the importance of my own baptism, then I can, oh, that's why these six weeks make much more sense now. Yeah. Um, that's oh why I can. But otherwise, so I'm wondering if, if you're a deacon or a priest listening, I want to invite you to maybe this season to consider helping the assembly through the, the the homily through the ways that we reflect or musicians mm-hmm. how do you help the assembly move in that direction mm-hmm. so that they take on and, and own the dignity of their baptism oh my gosh what sense. a great That's... way to observe lent spend these six weeks reflecting on the dignity of your baptism mm-hmm. danielle you were going to say yeah. something um, you know, it, it, it makes pastoral sense from what you're talking about, Timothy, with pastors and music ministers of sitting down together, you know, what am I going to, pre- as a pastor, what am I going to preach about this weekend? How is the, how are the musical selections then going to highlight what's in the homily to reinforce that idea of journey and, and renewal of baptism and journeying to that font. Um, you know, what the music that you're hearing today throughout the show has been really intentionally chosen in that, well, it is some of my favorite music, but a lot of it is if you hear the, listen to the lyrics, it's all about conversion. Yeah. It's all about renewal as the, we're going to hear soon, uh, Jerusalem, my destiny, you know, that, doing that song in the beginning of the Lent, of the Lenten season that we're a pilgrim church journeying to the font and mm-hmm. baptized are in solidarity with the unbaptized you know we're we are called to pray for them to support them to be a witness to them to be an example through our own reflection on what it means to be baptized yeah what it means to live the christian way of life because that's what they're at. And, and just for the listeners before this next break, we've been talking about people in the RCIA. That's the process whereby the adults in your community who are unbaptized are being prepared for baptism at Easter. And, and, and that's, that's the, this is their final period of preparation, and as it is for us. Timothy and Danielle, let's pick it up there when we come back. Stay with us. We're talking about this great season of Lent, which we begin on this Ash Wednesday. We'll be back after these messages. Thank you. 
community is core to Catholic Charities' founding mission. For more than 100 years, we have met people and families where they are, serving anyone in need, regardless of their faith, gender, race, or ethnicity. As our world absorbs the economic, political, and social aftershocks of the pandemic, 50% or more of the 6 million people living in Cook and Lake counties have little or no savings. They are a paycheck away from zero. We are deeply grateful to everyone in the Catholic Charities community who partners with us to alleviate the suffering of the people we serve and offer them a better path forward. We are witnessing a message of mercy and hope to a world very much in need. Learn more at catholiccharities.net. I am a seminarian. The church needs compassionate and well-trained priests to help guide each of us through life. What inspires me, what draws me always to the priesthood is continue to see priests be a beacon of hope for other people. You can play a part in the education of these young men as they prepare for a life of service to others. I want to be that beacon of hope too, and it, it sets my heart on fire. To support our seminarians, make your gift at archchicago.org slash seminarianfund or call 312-534-7959. The cemetery ministry is a core ministry of our Catholic faith tied to the corporal works of mercy. It's comforting to know that our Catholic cemeteries are caring for the remains of our loved ones awaiting the resurrection. There are 44 Archdiocese of Chicago Catholic cemeteries willing to help you in your time of loss. Call 708-449-6100 or visit catholiccemeterychicago.org. Catholic cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837. You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. Oh my goodness, the quintessential Lenten psalm, that setting of Psalm 51. Create a clean heart, O God, in me. Welcome to the second half hour of Focus on the Liturgy. If you are just joining us, I'm Todd Williamson from the Office for Divine Worship. And I'm Danielle Noe from LTP. And I'm Timothy Johnston from St. Thomas the Apostle. And we are breaking open the great season of Lent, which begins today on this Ash Wednesday. Uh, this, the whole first half hour of the show, uh, guys, we were talking just about situating Lent and the purpose of Lent, an overview of Lent. And we had said that, um, uh, Danielle, both you and Timothy said it so well, um, the, the purpose of the season is to prepare us to renew our baptism at Easter. And for those who are journeying in the process of an 
initiation. It's to prepare them for their reception of baptism. But it's all baptismal focused. And we do that through prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. And we do that by giving things up. And we also do it through penance. And mm-hmm. this Ash today, this Ash Wednesday, yes. marks, marks th- th- this, is, this is an important day. Why? What Today is well, the f- first use of something brand new. I have in my hand, hot off the presses, <laughs> the uh, new translation of the Order of Penance. So this, uh, for our listeners, the Order of Penance is, of course, the ritual, the church's ritual for um, taking place in the, or uh, taking part in the Sacrament of Reconciliation or the Sacrament of Penance. Um, it was previously called the Rite of Penance, but of course, as these new ritual books are being translated and being more faithful to the Latin. The uh, the title is is changing to order, which matches the Latin for order. So it's the order of service as it occurs. Um, I, it, today is the first use of the new translation. So if you haven't already gotten the order of penance, um, you should have those um, in the in your parish um, for use. Um, there aren't, to be honest with you, the changes aren't that significant. It's a lot of uh, matching. It is a translation of the first edition in Latin. So it's a retranslation of what you've already been using. Um, the syntax, of course, matches um, the Latin more faithfully. Um, it is. It does include um, the the newer translation of the Grail Psalter that the Monks of Conception Abbey has done. So as new translations of ritual books are being um, done, and ultimately the lectionary for Mass, which is you know five or more years out, the Grail Psalter will be incorporated in that. Um, what pastors confessors should know specifically is that. There are a few changes with the prayer of absolution. I believe um, there is an image that our producers have, a screenshot of the interior spread of the book with the prayer of absolution, just so that you can see it on your screen. So just a few um, changes with that. So I know that that is a prayer that all of you have had memorized Um so just taking special care to to look at, at that text um, for um, when you're taking part in confession. But of course, it still has the order for individual confession. Um, form two of the right of, of the order for reconciling within a communal reconciliation service, which is more commonly done during Advent and Lent, and and the uh, the form for general absolution, which is done in extreme um, cases. So there really shouldn't be too many surprises with this new um, translation. Um, Liturgy Training Publications is one of the four publishers. I believe there are four publishers doing the ritual edition. Um, So you can see it here with a beautiful gold uh, foil stamping of a Martin Erspommer uh, piece. Um, so high quality ritual materials to uh, reflect the dignity of the sacrament. You know, just to, to give a little bit uh, of a context here, just for the listeners, because I can imagine <laughs> people listening say, wait, wait, what? What? The, the reconciliation is changing or there's a change in penance? This started This started back in the uh, uh, early 20s. Um, uh, there, there was uh, there was a uh, an initiative to retranslate to translate again 
all of the major rituals of the church church's uh, sacramental life. And so we had the third edition of the Roman Missal. Um, and, and our listeners may not even be aware, some of our listeners may not even be aware that there was a revised that was followed by the revised order of celebrating matrimony. There was a revised order of uh, confirmation. Um, there was a revised uh, order of infant baptism, uh, baptism of children. Um, and now we have the, the newest one is the the order of penance but but uh, Timothy as Danielle said it's not it's not a new sacrament or it's not a new celebration of the sacrament eh yeah it, it, it's not um, when you go to celebrate the sacrament you it'll be familiar enough like all your even if you had memorized yourself the words of absolution which the priest says that's the only thing you're really going to notice. You're still going to go. But I do think it is an opportunity for the church, for us as individuals, as communities, to maybe uh, renew. Renew, our under- uh, yep. yeah, renew our understanding of the sacrament um, and the gift that the sacrament is to individual, to the community, to the life of the church. Um, especially during the season of Lent, um, as as you are preparing to renew your baptismal promises. Um, I know that it can be a scary sacrament for some to participate in, especially if it's been a while since you've gone. Um, it might be something that uh, it makes you a little anxious. Mm-hmm. That's okay. We're, it's, it happens to all of us. Um, <laughs> and and the good thing is, and I've, you know, and, and Todd and Danielle, you probably have heard this from priests over the years as well, Every priest I've ever talked to who celebrates the sacrament, um, which hopefully is is most of them, if not all of them, always talks about what a graced experience it oh is. Oh my gosh, yeah. And they, they understand, because they themselves go to confession, they understand the anxieties, the, you know, they, they are part of the human experience in this. So they're there to accompany you, um, to, to welcome you, to make you uh, or help you feel comfortable within that. And the other piece to know as we're thinking about this is not just the practicalities of celebrating, but it is about God's grace. You know, we don't just go and tell the priest this. That's not, that's not what the sacrament is, right? It's we go to share the priest representing not only the person of Christ, but the whole community that so that there's healing that takes place, that God's mercy can infiltrate, if you will, the sin, the brokenness, the things that divide our relationships so that we can be made whole again and be more fully incorporated into the life of the community. It's right. Yeah. It's, I saw, I mean, really another way of, there is no change to the sacrament of penance. There is a change to the words, the, the words, yeah, the, mm-hmm. the, 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 the translation. Um, even so, Danielle, I, I, I don't, uh, before Timothy, I don't know if you were part of this, but, um, bef- even before the show in the last couple of days, as we were planning it, um, there, there's that closing prayer to form two, a communal celebration of penance with uh, individual reconciliation and absolution. There's there's the closing prayer there that is just, it, it hits home everything we've been talking about in regard to the season of Lent. Um, da- Danielle, I see you in, uh, are you, do you, did you find I it? I do. I think I have the one that you're referring to. Um, almighty and merciful God who wonderfully created human nature and still more wonderfully restored it. You do not abandon sinners, but pursue them with a father's love. 
You sent your son into the world to destroy sin and death by his passion and restore life and joy to us by the resurrection. You poured the Holy Spirit into our hearts that we might be your children and heirs. You constantly renew us by the sacraments of salvation that we may be freed from slavery to sin and be transformed more fully day by day into the image of your beloved son. See that? We give you thanks for the wonders of your mercy and praise you with the whole church, singing to you a new song with voice, heart, and deed. That... To you be glory through Christ and the Holy Spirit. That's a beautiful prayer. Oh my gosh. Is... Mm-hmm. But tr- that we may be transformed more and more, mm-hmm. formed day by right. day into the image of your son that we were first made into through baptism. Right. And so this, exactly. yes. so this whole that season, is the purpose of our life, right? <laughs> exactly. And so this hope, the whole season and this sacrament of penance is meant to restore us to that. We'll pick it up here when we come back for from our final break for our final segment as we're breaking open the great season of Lent. self-sufficiency program has assisted thousands of single parents who are working to become more self-sufficient through education and employment opportunities. Our experienced case managers accompany participants for up to five years on their journey to identify, address, and break down barriers to improving their quality of life and achieving meaningful goals for themselves and for their families. Professional, compassionate assistance is offered in a safe and trusting environment as participants develop the skills needed to become financially stable and able to support themselves. Every achievement starts with a decision to try. To learn more about Catholic Charities Family Self-Sufficiency Program, call 847-782-4233 or visit catholiccharities.net. I feel special. (laughs) I feel great. I got good grades. We've seen a huge surge in our kids now meeting or exceeding grade level. Come check us out. You may have never thought we were an option before. Our school communities provide students with academic excellence and character education in a supportive and stable learning environment. Come see for yourself. 
Visit artchicago.org slash findaschool. Welcome back to this final segment of Focus on the Liturgy. We have uh, spent this hour breaking open the great season of Lent, which begins today with Ash Wednesday. In that last segment before, Danielle and Timothy and I were talking about the revised order of penance that um, has come out uh, and is available for use as of today. But um, uh, Danielle and Timothy, that's there's always an introductory period when there's a, a revised rite, right? Uh, so you can begin using the revised order of penance today, Ash Wednesday. How long does that go? Do you, uh, you guys, either of you know? I think it's Pentecost, but correct me if I'm wrong. I just realized in a panic, oh my gosh, I can't remember the mandatory Second, date. second Sunday of Easter. That's right, because Divine Mercy Sunday, of yep, course. Yep, so, so, <laughs> yep, so, well, that's, that, and that's kind of key for our listeners, right? Because many, many parishes have communal celebrations of the sacrament during during Lent, um, and, and, and many seek out the sacrament during Lent as a means of preparing them, like we've been talking. Uh, but depending on on the scheduling of the of the parish and such and the availability of the of the revised right um, they may be they may hear this year this lent the revised uh, translation now if you don't don't accuse your pastor of doing anything wrong He's, he, you can <laughs> in this interim per, period you can use either the new one or the current one that we have but as of as of um, April 22nd no 16th I believe 22nd the the um the the uh uh the translation that must be used in the celebration of penance will be this revised one that came out right yes. and uh and, Dan, and go ahead oh, i was just going to talk about resources timothy uh, you uh, mentioned yes. how whenever there's a change in a ritual translation it's always a great opportunity for catechesis um they had shown on the screen of, before the last break a little resource called Preparing for Confession. Um, that's been updated to reflect the new translation with some additions, questions for discussion and reflection. It's a small little book, um, great for use for adults. It was written by Paul Turner. So that is available from LTP right now. Um, but within the year, 
this book is currently being adapted for both teens and children. Oh, that's children fantastic. Children who are receiving for the first time or, or after. So those will be available within the year. We've also published a confession card. So parishes can keep on hand in the confessional, in the reconciliation chapel, or give to people if you're doing catechetical sessions on reconciliation so that they can refamiliarize themselves with the order and with the slight slight changes right with the Mm -hmm. and with the slight changes for example in the act of contrition if somebody uses a a a rote prayer for that there there's uh there are slight changes to that prayer as danielle you noted slight changes to the prayer of absolution which is the form of the sacrament so it is important Mm -hmm. um yeah that must be done yeah one thing you know timothy you were trying to really um ease people's fears with going to confession. There's a lot of flexibility um, with the sacrament of penance, with the ritual itself. You know, so if you have another form of active contrition that you've memorized, don't be afraid. You can still use those prayers. You can use, you, know, you can the, say it from your right heart. Allow, yeah, yeah, exactly. It allows you to do spontaneous prayer, what you feel is is an act of sorrow. So there's a great deal of flexibility with it that you don't have to worry that I don't have this prayer memorized. And if, if parishes want to give that card out to people so that they can be more comfortable with how it takes place, that's a good resource for people to have. Excellent. It's most certainly. And, and, and for other reasons, there are other Lenten resources that our own LTP has. And so our listeners, www.ltp.org, uh, num- number of resources there. Um, you know, Timothy and Danielle, uh, throughout just this breaking open of Lent, we've raised a couple of times um, that this is a journey. Uh, it is a journey for, obviously, for all of us who are baptized, but it is a terribly important journey for the elect, the people, that's what we call the people who are in the process of um, preparation for baptism, the RCIA, people who are in the RCIA. And so I, I would just want to encourage our listeners to tie them, tie their journey of Lent to the journey of uh, those who are seeking baptism or seeking full communion um, with the Catholic Church during this Lent. Uh, Timothy, you said that you, you don't have catechumens. Do you have candidates? Those who are already well, baptized we, and seeking. We actually, yeah, we actually have a lot of catechumens. Oh, they're you just, do. I miss They're just you. not being elected this year. Oh. They're still in their discernment process. Gotcha. So they, they, they will not be celebrating the rite of election um, this year um, as they will continue. Um, but we do have a few uh, candidates, but we at our parish, we sell, we receive them when they are ready. So um, we, we may or may not have anyone at the vigil. We're still... Um, there's still some discerning going on, but most of our folks are received at different points in, in the course of our year. Yeah. Um, so I would, I would just encourage the people, pray for these elect, uh, support them, uh, yeah. t- encourage them throughout this season of Lent. This is their last period of preparation. Doubts creep in at this time. Um, dude, just be mind, uh, mindful of those in your parish who are in this process. 
I'm yeah. actually going to be the godmother of, Are a, you? of a, a teenage boy who is going through the process. He's mm-hmm. my, my best friend's stepson. Um, her two stepsons are actually both going through the process together. One is 16, the other is 14. So my husband and I are the godparents of the 16-year-old. Um, so Very I'll cool. be with him at the vigil. So that's that's really exciting for this year. Um, yeah. Todd, do you want to say a few things about the right of election and when it's taking place this year? It's actually taking place in the Archdiocese of Chicago this Sunday and the and next Sunday, so the first and the second Sundays of Lent. Uh, and and that is the right, the, the Archdiocesan right, where those who have been journeying um, are proclaimed by the bishop to be chosen for initiation this year at this Easter vigil. And it um, it happens at Holy Name Cathedral. There are four celebrations because we have so many parishes and, and so many, uh, so, so we, we do have options. Um, and, and so uh, just for the, for the listeners again to, to be praying for these people who will be coming to the cathedral uh, this Sunday and next Sunday uh, and being chosen. The, the, the fact that God has chose them is recognized in, in, mm-hmm. in this right. And Timothy, you made something, uh, a comment too, you know, and Danielle and Timothy, we know, we all know people who, um, they're in the habit of going to the Triduum and, and they look forward to the baptisms and the receptions. But, but Timothy, even if St. Thomas, the apostle has no one this year, that is no cause for disappointment in regard right. to the vigil, right? Oh, we don't have anybody this year. It's going to be such a bummer. No, it isn't, because there still remains the opportunity for you to renew your baptism at that moment in the Easter vigil or on Easter Sunday morning. I'm so glad that you brought that up, because I remember, you know, before I went to grad school, I was never taught either about Lent and the baptismal connection outside of those who were going to be initiated. So as baptized person, I didn't get that connection. So I remember the first Easter vigil that I went to without baptism, I was disappointed <laughs> because I didn't get the greater reality of, you know, this is what it's all about. So regardless if there's no one to be initiated, you still are going to that font to renew it. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and I would just encourage as well, and Todd, you, just to reiterate what you've been saying is you, even if you don't have uh, those folks in your community, those around the world who are in this process. Oh my keep goodness, them yes. in your prayer. Yes. Like it's the one liturgy, right? They may not be physically in your space, but they're being initiated that night. Um they're great so point. Be, be prayerful and mm-hmm. mindful of around the world, not just exactly. in the United States, but around the world this right is, exactly. is used and, and people will be initiated. That's solidarity yep. right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The journey has started, guys, as of today. Timothy and Danielle, happy Lent. Happy Happy Ash Wednesday. Happy Lent to all of our listeners. May everything you do this Lent prepare you to renew your baptism at Easter. We will be back the fourth Wednesday of next month. And so until then, God bless everyone. Bye-bye.